0: Five Cybersecurity Tactics to Protect the Cloud. This is an article uh, about mid-last year by Roland Costilla, and he works for SAP. And so I thought this was actually a very good article and a good topic to talk about because companies a lot of times have the notion that I use the cloud, like Amazon, AWS, or Azure, so uh, my is good. And that's not the way that works. So just be actually using the cloud and not regarding security can be worse because now you're in the public public domain. And if you're not locking things down the way you're supposed to, then that's a problem. I did a separate video where they discovered that I think it was 70% of ServiceNow instances were leaking data. And it was because of configuration. It wasn't ServiceNow it was because of how the customers are managing their instances. So this is cloud security, five cybersecurity tactics to protect the cloud. So let's look and see what this guy has to say. Okay. So he had a couple of good quotes. I think here's a great quote. Um there is always a shared responsibility between companies and their cloud infrastructure providers for managing the cloud this applies to private public and hybrid models there is a shared, always shared responsibility always and i would even go one step further and to say you are responsible for your business end of discussion so pick good suppliers that are managing and running their cybersecurity programs well, do good due diligence on them, make good decisions. Don't just go for the cheapest joke because that's where you get into trouble, right? Supply chain. That's a huge source of breach breach. And then understand you're responsible. And as long as we keep the mindset that I'm responsible then I'm going to do the due diligence steps I need at least to the best of my ability and good faith of, of what I need to avoid any sort of issue happening. Okay. So number one, focus on end to end security monitoring. So I love this. First of all, we monitor. It's great that you have a cloud, whatever, but you got to monitor. What are you monitoring it for? You're monitoring it for anomalies. You're monitoring it for some sort of intrusion. Like, Hey, something's not right. You're monitoring it for, you know, behavior that's different. There's all sorts of tools and platforms and ways to, to do that. The point is you have to monitor it. That has to be turned on. I talk to companies who don't turn it on and you need to turn it on. Or, then more prevalent, I talk to companies who turn it on, but they don't actually monitor it. And so, there you go end to end monitoring. And so it's very important that you have these monitoring practices in place. A lot of it, the technology can help you to do a lot of the work. And then you can also configure it to alert what needs to be alerted. And then that's when the human gets engaged. You can also configure a lot of these tools that they'll shut things down. They'll do that kind of auto containment for any sort of detection of, of things that like I I gave an example in in a different video that ransomware, you know, once once a lot of these tools see that the third file gets encrypted or however many bam it stops it because that's the signature of ransomware so don't let it go any further lock it down, but you gotta have that in place. So even through these tools, the monitoring, a lot of that can be automated and then it can shut it down and contain that so that it's at least there, or if this computer has a problem, it can contain it so that it doesn't go past this device and, and back onto the network. So there is those good capabilities, but ultimately you have to design what does your program look like and what are you gonna monitor for and how are you gonna do that? And how are you gonna keep it, configure it well to begin with, keep it configured well. Then when a person needs to get involved, what does that look like? What is the process? What is the notification? What is the approvals? What is the root cause analysis? What does all that look like? You got to define all that. And so that's very much a part of this around your cloud specifically. Number two, pursue a wrist risk-based approach to vulnerability management. So vulnerability management is huge because vulnerabilities are basically like leaving your doors and windows open and being shocked when somebody comes and breaks in and steals stuff. Don't leave your doors and windows open. Keep them closed. Have have an alert that texts you if the door's not locked. I have that <laughs> in our home. Have an alert if the window's open. You now a lot of the alarm systems do that. There's a reason for that because just because you have the locks there, if they're not engaged, doesn't really do the job. And so that's the same principle with vulnerabilities. And so there's lots of vulnerabilities in the environment, like lots of them. And there's constantly new ones coming out every day. And so the point of this is evaluate and prioritize threats based on how easily they can be exploited and weaponized against the company. So that is that risk-based approach. There can be a thousand vulnerabilities, but how are you going to go through and review those to prioritize when they should get done, how they should get done, how important are they what would be the effect if this were exploited in our environment? And every environment's different, right? And yes, there's standard scoring out there that can help you kind of prioritize that, and you should leverage that, but you shouldn't blindly only use that. Likewise, most companies don't have the resources to apply all of the fixes to vulnerabilities and mitigate them all that's unrealistic so you got to figure out which ones and what the time frame is and a lot of companies kind of do a a patching cadence and that's fine but what falls out of that cadence if you're doing monthly patching or weekly patching well what if something happens you know 24 hours after the day that you did all your patching well how are you going to pick that up how are you going to monitor for that make decisions around that prioritize that and it might be something specific to your environment that kind of default scores the CVSS scores they can you can go up or down with those. And so the idea is that's a baseline. Then you do your analysis, like is this, would this be true for us? Maybe, maybe not. Some companies just this level and above, they just apply it, that's fine. But the point is you you evaluate that, but what does that evaluation look like? And then what is that prioritization and that tracking so you don't lose sight of them because it's massive, right? There's lots of vulnerabilities. And so you gotta know about them, You gotta track them, you gotta prioritize them, and ultimately get them all the way through. And you wanna do all of that with, well, not the first one, you wanna identify them, but you wanna do all of that with a risk-based approach. And so that becomes part of your risk management and your program. Number three, develop concept for privileged identity and access management, and including the following elements identify separation of duties roles and authorizations dedicated monitoring for privileged accounts, especially for customer environments. So basically privileged access is going to be your, your admin people, right? They might have administrative rights to the database. They might have administrative rights to a customer facing application or administrative rights to the network. So that those are my privileged access users. And those users are automatically higher risk because they have access to think so they can more easily be nefarious and actually if they hit a phishing link and they're an admin guess what that can do more damage just because of the level of access they have so the idea is you want to monitor those people not because we're going to assume they're going to do bad things but because we're going to monitor our environment and even if something happens through their accounts that is is anomalous to 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 their normal behavior, then we can shut that down, we can identify that. And then like in the case of audit or or, uh, risk management, we have those logs of monitoring those activity to go back to, which is always very helpful. So if you can, that is a really good practice to do.